0: Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
2: All right, forget about last summer. It's all about this summer. We've all been inside long enough, so grab some beach towels, stock the cooler, and make your escape. It's time to celebrate the best season of the year like never before. With so many great stories and programs, Audible is the perfect summer partner. And now is the absolute best time to do it because Prime members can save 53% off your first four months. With Audible, you can listen to more of whatever you're into because Audible has it all. An unbeatable selection of audiobooks, tons of binge-worthy podcasts, and exclusive originals, all available to download or stream. Here's what you get. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month, like the latest bestseller or hottest new release. Yours to keep forever. But here's the best part. You also get full access to Audible's streaming library, the Plus Catalog. Discover your next podcast obsession, check that audiobook off your bucket list, or get lost in a world of original content from celebrity creators, bestselling authors, and leading experts. The kind of stuff you can't hear anywhere else. Stream all you want, as much as you want. Audible is a perfect companion for summer because no matter where you're going or what you're doing, you'll always have just the right thing to listen to at your fingertips. Perfect for road trips, lazy beach days, long bike rides, or just barbecuing in the backyard. Right now, for a limited time, Amazon Prime members can save 53% on four months of Audible. That's only $6.95 a month. If you're not an Amazon Prime member, what are you waiting for? Go to Amazon and sign up so you can get this deal and so much more get more out of summer with audible to take advantage of this incredible limited time offer go to audible.com/wade that's audible.com/wade
1: Plus.
4: Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans for the week of Monday, July 26, 2021. As always, I am your host, Robert Vajos, and I'm joined this week by the California dream himself, Rick Monty. Rick, how's it going? Doing pretty good. How are you doing today, Robert? Oh, good. Glad to, to have a, the, uh, the show back with us today. We've got to talk about a big main event. And really, this was a wrestling week, and that always just puts me in a bigger mood whenever we have like a wrestling week behind us
5: well and don't bury the lead i I don't want to give out too much personal information but those of of you who follow robert on social media have discovered that you got a new tattoo I i did i did not find out through social media originally though i typically make it a tradition just to wait outside of your house and wait for you to show up with a new tattoo so i can say this on the show and i finally got my patient result from uh from your recent adventure
4: Oh, I'm glad uh, I'm glad you were able to uh, to sign up. I holding. hide right
5: behind the bush across the street about where the guy parked his truck.
4: Which you which you guys don't know is Rick actually does a full body inspection before I go into my house whenever he uh, right. asks me. Yeah. Does yeah. I have any new tattoos. Wait, wait, wait.
5: wait. Hold on. Hold on. Left up. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Have a good day.
4: <laughs> Always with the left turns, Rick. Always with the left turns. Um speaking of left turns, we still have an email address, right, Rick? um I think so all right so in case you didn't know it's mma livecast at gmail.com Mma livecast at gmail.com go ahead send us an email and uh we'll respond we'll respond on air we'll have a good time with it but gotta say man I guess all all the posters are on uh uh, uh summer break or something because uh email corner has been a little quiet lately so kind of maybe it committed well, suicide that would be a possibility i guess I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 email itself the email inbox yeah, just, yeah. well it, it could be something i always get paranoid and this is a complete left turn that i like i haven't updated something correctly or I mean, like the, or like i've lost access to the email i'm like oh nobody's emailing me but i uh, i kind of think like uh, you guys are just kind of kind of out there right now which i don't blame you considering the current state of MMA for the next like three weeks for the last week into the next, into the upcoming week. It's, uh, I wouldn't say it's bad. It's just, uh, not as exciting as it, uh, as it we're could. definitely
5: going through post McGregor dump right now.
4: Right. And, and we kind of just have to get all this out of the way, but I think Rick, ultimately we, we both said last week, this isn't necessarily a bad thing because the pay-per-views have been so loaded. So if we have to kind of, uh, work our way through these cards, then uh, then it, that that kind of is what it is.
5: Um, and real fast, USC did a good job with the car we're about to talk about because, like mm-hmm. we had mentioned on the show, breaking news for me was we were supposed to have a massive heavyweight boxing fight last Saturday, which we didn't. So for them to put up the car they did, too bad there wasn't one with all those eyes on television because it would have been a really good fight night.
4: Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what we got here was was just like a – a really, really solid fight night. You had some drama at the top of the card. You got some finishes throughout. You have uh, judging being the the topic of discussion throughout. So I think a like quality uh, quality composition of some MMA over here, but let's start right from the top as and we ha-
5: Go ahead. I don't mean to interrupt, but if you haven't seen this fight night yet, and you're listening to this, I would highly suggest, this is the few times I'll say this, watch it before you listen to our, us talk about the results.
4: Mm. So I just I want to throw
5: it out there. So if you're listening,
4: like turn the volume down, so you know we started. Yeah, and
5: just start watching it, and then listen to us again.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and then do it again too. Um, So our main event, Rick saw the return of your boy TJ Dillashaw, defeating Corey Sanhagen via split decision. Um, This split decision was great because it's one of those split decisions where everybody, like everybody, agrees it's kind of a split decision, but everybody has like a different card because like a different scoring the scoring is all over the place and i think for good reason to be honest with you i think this is one of those fights that kind of exposes why it's really hard to to judge mma and to score mma and this fight's a perfect illustration of that because it was hard to um to really find the distinction between uh between these two fighters on this uh during this fight who did you have rick did you did you think they got this correct or what was your take on the on the scoring here
5: I think this is a really, really hard fight to judge. Mm -hmm. I really do. And while I've been hearing a lot of people say this is a robbery and that there is no way that TJ would have and should have won this fight if you go round by round. The first round's up in the air, but then some of the other middle rounds are a little bit more significantly going one way or the other. But I wasn't completely shocked by the result of this, and I think appropriately as well, Corey Sandhagen, while he could be a little bit up in arms, has taken this loss pretty well. He even said, there are things that I could have done better to more secure the fight more, and TJ capitalized a lot on control. He wasn't doing much damage with the control, hugging Corey Sandhagen against the cage, but that was control. Sandhagen was definitely throwing the more significant shots, and you could just see on TJ's Dillashaw's face, even if that was a previously worked on cut before i mean it, it was pretty severe and i love by the way i just recently discovered on the usc website when you click on the fights they give you all the significant strikes and everything why haven't i not been doing this it's amazing so right now i'm looking lazy
2: at
5: it. yeah i'm really lazy <laughs> and so right now i'm looking at it and Corey Sandhagen had it looks to be 171 uh, total strikes and tj dillashaw had, had 169 so that's a two-strike difference. They both uh, – wow, this is really crazy, actually. I want to say this again. Corey Sandhagen had 171 significant strikes. That's 52%. So the, out of 171, he, he threw 331, got 171. TJ Dillashaw had 169, two difference. He had a 51% strike, total strikes accuracy, out of 332. So there was a three-punch difference. The whole fight between mm. these two guys,
4: which kind of uh, kind of gives kind of gives context to exactly why this was so difficult. I think it's I think it is weird. I, I know Uriah Faber kind of commented uh, it's in the same wavelength. Like if you were just judging after like who got beat up in that fight, like if it was, you know, street fight and who won the fight, then I think San Hagen has a much better argument. Cause he did i think he did more damage if that's but that's not the only thing we judge mma on as far as winning of rounds though i do agree with the decision um i thought i i, I thought you know he did the things that he did just enough to win to win three rounds in this fight which is which is what you got to do but the the funny thing is like you said we don't we have like zero consensus on uh, which, which rounds were which and that's what the, even even among the the, Especially score the cards fifth themselves round. first yeah. and fifth so just to just to break it down here we've got the uh we've got the score cards up and you've got um okay all three scored it the first round 10-9 for Dillashaw, which i think uh is fair they all scored the second round 10-9 for Sanhagen also fair uh they all got the third round 10, nine for TJ Dillashaw, which I think even though the, that's comment- when he
5: started doing his kicks.
4: Yeah. And the commentary was like, I don't know about that. And I was like, no dude, it's two one at this point. Like I yeah. thought it was, it was pretty clear. Um, and they were, you know, they were questioning the corner for being so sure about it. But, and then we get into the fourth and we, we start getting a bit of our differentiation where you have two, uh, two judges giving the round to Sat Hagen and one judge giving it to Dillashaw, which was, um, that was a difficult round to score, and honestly, that I thought that was the boring round of the fight too. Like that was, I thought, the kind of indistinguishable round of the fight. And then we get uh, further distinction in the in the fifth round as you had uh, two judges giving the fifth to Sanhagen and one judge giving the fifth to Dillashaw. So these were all over the places, and the takes were all over the place on this. Ultimately, I think I think they got it right, but the the degree to which they got it right, uh, the the margin is just it it's so low it's just, it was just a, right. just a difficult fight to score so i'm not even i want to be hard on the uh on the on the judges here because i just think it was a, just a highly difficult fight to score
5: really really hard fight to score and quite possibly one of the most easy candidates for a tie or mm-hmm. draw that I, I've seen in, in a while. But mm-hmm. we did have a winner. And where do you think this takes, TJ? And what do you think this does to Corey Sanhagen losing the fight like this?
4: I don't think it, it's a big loss for Sanhagen. Uh, just because it was you know right. obviously a highly competitive fight. And not a robbery, but one you know, you can make a good argument that he won. Um, this is huge for Dillashaw, though. If Dillashaw came yeah. out and just got smoked in like the first round, like his career would be over. And but that's not yeah. the conversation we're having today. Obviously, he's in he's in good shape. He's in good shape in the division, which is uh, which is the most important thing. And uh, I think bantamweight is kind of wide open right now. So I think Dillashaw has a shot to make some noise um, in there. Uh, we'll you know we'll see what he can do in this in this stage of his career. And he might be a little limited there. But I think that, I think this was huge for him. Like the the stakes, like I like I mentioned, I think I don't think could have been higher for Dillashaw.
5: Yeah, I. I'm not certain he gets a title shot even after whoever wins a Patreon, Aljamain Sterling fight. I think that there are some very sexy matchups out for out there for him in the bantamweight division. And I'm excited. I've always, you know me, I've always been a fan of TJ Dillashaw, even with the positive drug results, his win against Burrell, his upset win still holds a heavy spot in my heart. I don't care if he's on drugs or not. It was amazing. And ever since then, all of his fights to me have been very exciting. He's never in really a bad fight. Can you remember last time TJ was in a bad fight since, well, okay, his first title defense after Burrell wasn't the most exciting thing in the world, but beyond that, every major fight he's had, he's performed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I don't want, I don't like the idea of, of him waiting around for Aljamain Sterling, Yan to go at it. I think there's a pretty clear opponent in front of him. And I haven't listened to a lot of the different, websites and lists I usually do after fights because I watch this fight so late. So I'm just going, this is my own actual speculation and not me piggybacking off someone else's ideas. I think that he should be going against Rob Mm Font. Rob Font is not a clear title contender. He's close. He's number three in the rankings, but he just needs that big win, I think. And while Cody Garbrandt was a big win for him, uh, winning against TJ Dillashaw will shoot him in the stratosphere as far as beating the Old guard of the bantamweight division, but that being said, same goes with TJ. If he beats Rob vaughn who also beat Cody Garbrandt, mm. that puts him right there.
4: Yeah, if that's the I know opponent, it's stepping back a little bit, but oh well. Not really, though. I don't. I don't think it is. I think it's. I think it's almost lateral. Um, and I'm with you. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think he deserves a title shot off of this. Like he may, it may happen just cause weird stuff happens in MMA, but that's, that's kind of the same level of opponent. I think at that point though, you've got two wins over literally the, the top, you know, guys that aren't uh, the, fighting for the title or having the championship. Then, yeah, I think, uh, I think you're in that position. And then it, it works well for Font as well to have two wins coming over two former champs.
3: in that
0: case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Daily Cast listeners, thank you, first of all, for streaming the shows. Be sure you're subscribing. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to pro wrestling podcasts. But while you're at it, if you're not yet, please subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Search Wade Keller and see two logos pop up, a blue one and a red one. The red logo, the post shows cover Raw and SmackDown each week with a fast turnaround time of a couple hours after the show's end. And also every Saturday, we present a flashback to our analysis from five years ago that week covering Raw. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me and we analyze what happened on Raw five years ago. So check out that time capsule every weekend. The Blue Logo Show features the Thursday flagship plus our first-run interviews, our classic interviews, and our mailbag segments. So, again, search Wade Keller and click subscribe to both the red logo and the blue logo.
4: What are the likelihood do you think we get a the weird one of the weirdest trilogy ever and we get Dillashaw Gavran 3
5: I I really hope not likely even though I could see that happening for sure the thing I want is if they do, don't give him Rob Font for whatever reason let's say Rob Font needs to be on standby in case one of those guys drops out or he needs to make way for that fight if he steps back even farther though I've never thought I wanted to see this fight but can you imagine just the nostalgia we'll go through seeing T.J. Dillashaw versus Jose Aldo. That would be something. That would be cool. Yeah. That would be really, really cool. That excites me more than Rob Font, clearly. Mm. So in my perfect world, T.J. Dillashaw is... Fighting the number five, number four guy until there's a clear path for him. Yeah. I like the idea better of Rob Font not actually fighting TJ, even though I promoted them <laughs> in that fight. I do like the idea of a healthy competitor just on the orbit in case something happens to Sterling or Patreon. And Corey Sanhagen, on the other hand, he could also go against Rob Font or he can do, like I said, the Jose Aldo thing. There's just, it's, there's a lot of mobility. I think with TJ being in, in, injected in this, this really makes Bantamweight. It reminds me of when we loved Bantamweight.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's. I'm excited about it. the. Uh, he has a f- Aldo's got a fight pretty soon though I think, so that.
5: What that, is it, who's he going against? Uh, let me throw it in there here. Because he beat uh, Pedro Munoz. He's got my boy Marlon Vera. He's got Pedro
4: Munoz in. has oh, got two, Pedro Munoz. in
5: two weeks. Yeah, oh, that's right.
4: Where's the Is time that on it- a pay per view? It's on. um That's on the Texas. Yeah, two fifty
2: six. Yep. Ooh, that'd be a good fight.
4: Yeah. So, but that also put, will put context to it as well, too. Like that. That could that could affect all of that in in a few different ways. So that, that keep it like I would say put a pin in that just to see if that you know that could have relevance to the conversation we're see, having now. Yeah,
5: I could see Pedro Munoz uh, putting a hurt on mm-hmm. Jose Aldo man one interesting thing while I was watching this, Corey Sanhagen, the way he fights kind of hands down, popping out the jab and everything and doing the submissions. He's like the bantamweight version. He's like the vanilla version of Nate Diaz in the bantamweight <laughs> division. Isn't he? They have very similar he's fighting styles. I wish they, yeah. lanky, tall, kind of slouchy. I I think Corey Sanhagen should just start doing Nate Diaz impressions.
4: Well, and he's got the, the, the Nate Diaz thing too, where you're uh, you're kind of stacking up all the points on him throughout the round. Right. But you're in trouble somehow, even though you're dominating the round, which is which speaks to again, why I think this was such a hard fight to score because there was so much of that um, in this fight where it's like, uh, you know, he was, it it felt like Dillashaw was in trouble the whole time, although he was kind of dominating him at certain points. And I, I think that's how, that's how Diaz fights go. Like, you're never sure about the outcome of the Diaz fight until it's completely finished. Right. Because it feels like it's a bigger part of this, a smaller part of a bigger story that happens uh, within the fight.
5: Felt like a pay per view main event almost, didn't mm-hmm. it? The way the buzz was and everything. And the last thing I want to say well, it doesn't have to be the last thing, but one of the major things I wanted to say is about this fight. This is the first time in a while that we've had a fight in the Apex that I think the crowd influenced the judging. Because the crowd clearly was on TJ's side, Mm -hmm. all 30 of them. Mm
4: -hmm.
5: And they were the loudest when TJ was being effective. And I know that judges don't always get swayed by the audience, but those, and, and it looked to be his family. And so I I wonder if that did have anything to do with oh who who won that round oh well I remember TJ being more emphasis on his moves so TJ
4: do do you think it's more likely to have an impact in a smaller setting like that than
5: yeah oh yeah because like I said I I think it was fifteen people but everybody then, in the done apex the, has done been the white so, noise of the yeah I know you know I think I'm really I after watching this show I really do think that. One day soon, before they stop doing these apex things, I'm and I'm being very serious about this. In the next four months, you and me need to go get schmammered and go to one of these shows and just be the loudest jackasses possible during the whole thing. (laughs) I'll bring fireball whiskey shots and we'll take one every time there's a significant
4: strike. Okay, in any fight, (laughs) the Corey Sanhagen fight would be a great one to do that. Oh god. oh god! Yeah, that's a. Great Hopefully,
5: point. it's all just fight cart fights with Jessica I, and then and there won't be a single one.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was be our AA uh, meeting of a fight.
5: Um, Came out completely sober. <laughs>
4: uh, the co mate event got fight of the night. Rick, why don't you speak on it? Oh, okay. Yeah,
5: the co mate event was that got fight of the night. Really? Yeah that surprises me I, I mean it was that's, good but that's,
4: but that's yeah it kind of stood out to me as well I don't know how the main event didn't get fight of the night like that doesn't make any sense oh no
5: no no I don't even think either of those deserve fight of the night but yeah uh, Kyler Phillips and Rulian Pavia uh, I, I'm surprised he won that fight to be perfectly honest he was getting his butt kicked but he won it and
4: majority decision
5: yeah, majority decision. I mean, he looked like he was unconscious after the first round, just sitting there. He didn't give, give it up. <laughs> They're like, wake up. <laughs> and then, like, he, he was able to, uh, Rulian really was able to get more significant strikes as uh, Kyler Phillips was getting tired because he yeah. had just put out a lot in that first I really think the first fight, though, of this main card should have got fight that night. Adrian mm. Yanez versus Randy Costa.
4: That was... I was one of the
5: greatest fights I've seen all year.
4: That was pretty good. Um, and we'll we'll get there in just a second. Um, so Darren Alkins, uh, I think, got beat up for two rounds and then oh. got, the, got the TKO.
5: Amazing. <laughs> the
4: 46, right? Against Derek Minner. Like, mm. And, the, and uh, the commentary was like... Point to it as if it was some grand strategy by Darren Elkins to, yeah. <laughs> like, some kind of micro rope dope. I don't know what they were going for there, but uh but that's the outcome well. And it's got. funny
5: they they said Darren Elkins saps saps the energy out of another opponent, and the fight wasn't even over. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they had just declared he was that he won. That was great. <laughs> like I am a v- big big fan of Darren Elkins. He's kind of. Kind of like those Jeremy Stevens sort of guys where I just these veterans who just produce wars and get the living piss out of them. And there's no way they're going to ever win a title, but they still fight out there like they are. And he's my age, too, which, by the way, if you saw me and him stand together, I have a feeling he could look like my dad. But (laughs) he he just what's the performance I've been trying to look it up that. Kind of got him famous. The one where it was that kick from, he was getting dominated, then he kicked the guy against the cage and just finished him off. that's during a pay per view, right? I feel like it was like, was that 196? Robert Whitefield? I'm trying to figure out who that was. But do you, you know what I'm talking about, though, right? The comfort yeah. behind win that, mm. that he had. Whoever that was. It was on a this, wasn't it? Oh, was it? UC 209? Oh, there you go. Yeah, Bektik. Yeah, it was. Mursad Beck took, He mm-hmm. went against him. So... I think we talked about that on the show,
4: didn't we? Or no, we didn't. Yeah, that it was, was great. That was pre-us being on the show, but... no, oh, oh. I thought we did.
5: <laughs> they, uh, Mursad, that win, though, that come-from-behind win was amazing. What made it truly amazing, too, is the crowd's reaction. I would say this is even more impressive or as impressive for me. And if it had a full big crowd, it would have been just another... That'd have been a star making performance with a full jam packed Conor McGregor Dustin Poirier three audience. Mm.
4: Uh, what, what, he, like
5: I feel like he got a little cheated.
4: I mean he's uh as we've just mentioned, he uh he's in advanced age just like you. Um
5: Right. And trust me, we don't have that many years to do those star making performances.
4: So yeah, so what's in the future for for Darren Alkins there?
5: Hopefully not the same thing for me. Going to a gas station and giving you something that will give you a heart attack in four days without you knowing.
4: <laughs> I have a feeling that's actually in his future. I'm just gonna say.
5: I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> once we once we get to 40, we don't want to go to the doctors. It's in all of ours.
4: <laughs> uh, I but I think.
5: <laughs> you know, you had to put go- the change or the money on the counter dominantly. I'm going
4: mute. <laughs> give yeah, a take, Rick. I'm
5: going to mute. <laughs> You have to put the uh, change in your cash on the on the counter very in a dominant fashion. So you feel more masculine about taking something that has a rhino on the cover and looks like a five-hour energy. And then you have to hide it in the house and stuff. And say so you have to go use the bathroom and put it in under that flower pot so you can sip it and then you go back. And then you hope to God you don't have a cardiac arrest when you're driving three days later for no reason.
4: For the record, we're, this is Rick, not Darren Alkins, <laughs> that this is... Apparently happening too. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So, but for Delian
5: Elkins, let's see what is next for you. You're in the featherweight division, my friend. I didn't even think about where you put him. So, that's a hard division right now. <laughs> uh, uh, that division's loaded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I mean, top 10, he's going nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, Dan Ige, Arnold Allen, Calvin. Calvin Cater might be a good one. I mean, you want to be called the Damage, go
4: against someone who can take damage as well. Unranked to fight the number five guy in the division.
5: You know what? He's got like one or two left. Just give it to him. I would okay. do it. Sounds good. What would you give him? Or Shane Burgos? Someone like that. He needs to go against violent people. That's I, what That's what I'm proposing. They need to I, keep I think, him away from the jot
4: Even Joe Josh him,
5: it is violent, just, you know.
4: Yeah, I think it would be someone that's coming into the top 15, not a current top 15er.
5: It should be Chan Sung Young.
4: That would be awesome. I don't think that's going to happen, but that would be awesome.
5: How awesome would that fight be? I had actually a fantasy about Darren Elkins. I'll share it with uh-huh. you. So I was okay. thinking that what would be fun is if Brian Ortega and Volkanovsky were in the you know main event of a pay-per-view, and at the last minute, one of them had to pull out, let's say, Brian Ortega. And then there's Darren Elkins down there about to fight Bryce Mitchell or something mm-hmm. like that and they say you know what you're almost 40 why don't you try and then Darren Elkin gets up there and fights Alexander Volkov or Brian Ortega and wins the title can you imagine a more badass story and then he retires that's it
4: like like a like a rocky tale of just oh my god, god. Okay.
5: with that face and
4: that tattoo that's tattoo yeah you
5: make that documentary now
4: it's gonna be on the Wheaties box that tattoo
5: I like Darren Elkins <laughs>
4: I, I can tell uh, we yeah we know a lot more about Darren Elkins And you that we ever wanted to know after that Segment um,
5: I'll tell anybody about Anything I like that fight a lot more <laughs> Than I like the women's flyweight bout right before It I mean it's completely different it's on the different Stratosphere of fight Who
4: bowling, won that in my car, Who won that fight because I still haven't Figured it out I know uh, Macy Barber got the decision over Miranda Maverick I uh, I, I like uh, I think that's a good 28-28 somewhere I don't know how You would get there by the rounds but I'm just going to say I would have given it a 28-28. I, I also couldn't find a distinction in that fight.
5: Well, let's just look at the results. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pull, as pull I the have stats, discovered Rick, we can do.
4: Now that you're, now that you're Yeah,
5: according to the stats, we got total strikes. It's heavily in the favor of Maverick. Uh, she got 82 strikes. out of 191. Not too bad. On the other hand, we got Macy Barber, who only connected with 38 strikes. So 82 on one side, 38 on the other. 32% of her strike connection. Then you go, oh, but Rick, it counts for significant strikes. Well, my friend, Maverick got 47 significant strikes. That's 33%. And then Macy Barber got 36, 32%. So... A little closer there. Both of them got one takedown, but here's the difference. Maverick got one takedown out of one, so she 100% takedown, but so did Macy Barber get one takedown out of six. So Macy Barber going for the other five takedowns, for whatever reason, seemed to mean more to some of the judges than the one takedown that Maverick got. Well, I, I thought, thought Maverick won the first round for sure, don't y- you?
4: Yeah, I thought that was a theme, though, in general, that like – um. More is like, like volume versus volume versus impact. Right. It's it, it played out kind of similar here. Um, where I felt like uh like Macy Barber had the more memorable stuff in each round, mm-hmm. but I thought I thought uh Miranda kinda of dominated her throughout those rounds. And it 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 really oh. seemed to come around like the f the, the the philosophy of the scoring uh, and and several places on this card. Well and also
5: what's interesting is Macy Barber focused almost all of her offense Maverick's head, Mm. whereas Maverick, when you look at the cool little body graphics, they have Maverick spread out her strikes, so maybe some of those strikes, especially the body punches, just didn't seem to have the same kind of impact on the refs that the head strikes of Macy Barber did.
4: Yeah, and again, tonight we see a lot about perceptions in that way. By the way, if someone just like uh parachuted in from you know outer space and heard us talking about that they would totally think we were talking about like a pro wrestlers with the last names being barber and maverick yeah yeah no that's
5: true they <laughs> the do. random note uh macy barber though while she did get a win here in the flyweight division and they we like that division but that they do need some names in there mm-hmm. i oh we like strawweight we don't give a crap about flyweight Never yeah mind. flyweight's, um,
4: flyweight's got a problem with bantamweight where the champ's really good and everyone else is like 50 miles behind
5: I could see her doing pretty well but do I see her being Valentina no. Nope. nope nope
4: um yeah
0: with Lucky Land Slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time
3: <gasps> no Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry
1: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Wrestling fans, if you're looking for a
4: unique and entertaining way to get your wrestling podcast fixed, check out Ring Rust Radio. Ringwrest Radio uses its trademark brand of banter to cover all professional wrestling you love, including WWE, NXT, New Japan, Lucha Underground, ROH, Impact Wrestling, and more. We also hold sit-down interviews with some of the biggest names in the history of the business, such as Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, Trish Stratus, AJ Styles, and Roman Reigns. For those of you who want their wrestling with a perfect mix of serious analysis and comic relief, Find Ring Rust Radio dropping every Wednesday night on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, let's go on to what you called the fight of the night, which uh, I think that's a, that's a good claim. Um, Adrian Yanez go, uh, going up against Randy Costa. TKO due to punches. These guys were just standing up and punching for a long period of time. Lots oh, such of he- a good fight. Lots of head kicks um, involved in this one, but Yanez ultimately gets the victory at 2-11 of the second round. He's
5: lucky they let him go to the second round. He's getting an 11 crappy out of him. Mm-hmm. Those jabs, everything Randy Costa was throwing in the first round was connecting beautifully. That those left-handed jabs, the kicks, like you said, everything. Yonda's face looked like roast beef that was just protruding blood. But he lasted, and Costa looked like he got a little energy zap, and he got taken out. It was amazing. I was that was one of those ones where I was screaming at the television. Um, it was so good to me. I,
4: I don't know why uh, these bantamweights were also like seven foot four. Didn't they look super tall?
5: Well, Randy Cossack especially did. He, yeah. he That guy looks like he's chiseled to be... He looks like a soccer star, doesn't he? Yeah, He's just exactly. got that soccer star look.
4: That's a good I, way to put it, yeah.
5: You know, UFC kind of was like, come on, win, you're really handsome. But he didn't. <laughs> that uh, that was a good fight. I had a lot of fun watching it. I. It is interesting, too. Or, and I might as well mention it now. I thought the commentary actually did a pretty good job. Dominic Cruz... Mm-hmm. Was less dominant, cruisy,
4: and he was especially much, he, when was he was much was more about, tolerable on this night.
5: Oh, yeah. And he was ta- well, and one of the things is he's talking about his own division, but I mean, even with TJ Dillashaw, he was very, really fair. He did a good job, and I thought he did a good job. I think DC was doing really well, and then the nameless white dude did a good job as well. <laughs> uh, the one thing I noticed though is everybody was hyping up this fight they were talking about how exciting this fight was and then DC right as the fight started did his typical, I'm going to talk about something that has nothing to do with this fight and pretend this is a podcast. And then he snapped out of it. Fitzgerald is the white guy's name. Sorry. And then, uh, DC snapped out of it as soon as the fight really started picking up within like eight seconds. But sometimes I I think it's funny where DC just goes on one of his tangents and he's like, Oh yeah, we better talk about this fight.
4: I don't know. He called the main event the highest level of mixed martial arts he's ever. He seen.
5: He did. So he did. Dominic Cruz is like mm, a little <laughs> hyper-verbally. But when it wasn't, by the way, but it was good. <laughs> I would save that more for the, you know, the women's the women's fight. Uh, Val, Val, Valentina, uh, not Valentina. Um, Ioana Violence versus Uh, Whaley Zang. Did, yeah. Stuff like well, that.
4: It depends. I, I think he, I thought he was maybe more like, I guess, precise or. I didn't, and he was trying to. He kind of backpedaled after, like.
5: Well, yeah, T.J. Presson, what's his face, against the cage is not exactly the most exciting or most elite thing you'll see. He was stalling.
4: Mm-hmm. But like, I think like so, like I think some of D.C.'s fights were of you know more like mass like like him. You know, some of his fights with steeper, or even like his first couple rounds of John Jones. Like that's like. That to me is like masterful MMA. Not that this was bad. Um, but like His I second that was,
5: fight with Stepe is one of the most mm-hmm. athletically exciting heavyweight fights. And Those you two see, are
4: you see two banging guys
5: at each other like processing
4: what they're doing in the moment, yeah. Know, and adjusting. Yeah. That's as really I, I do associate that often with Cormier of like just very high-level fights that he's been involved in. Um, but yeah, that was uh that was something. Uh, the, uh, the, the prelim section was very good on this card, I thought, overall. Yes. Uh, you had Brendan Allen defeating Pundley Soriano, uh, by unanimous decision. Norsodan Imov defeating Ian Heinish, TKO due to punches. Heinisch looked like he was, like, a beaten piece of meat after this fight. Uh, his... Yeah, he, he, his muscles don't do him
5: any favors.
4: No uh mickey gall su- suddenly more the suddenly more relevant mickey gall <laughs> had, had nothing mm-hmm. to do with his performance here but got a victory rear naked choke over jordan williams i uh i had a bad feeling for mickey galls like he's, he's gonna lose here isn't he like i I, I don't know why i had a weird vibe a bit but i mean he was not even in trouble um in this in this fight
5: he it looked like because I know he was training with Matt Brown. It looked like Matt Brown just controlled him. Like what's that movie with Hugh Jackman where he like there's yeah. cage fighting robots? Yeah,
4: let's make some money. Yeah, yeah. That that was
5: what was happening there. Mickey Gall was possessed by Matt Brown striking. Oh,
4: that's better than uh, better than the uh, the Mickey Gall that got dominated by like forty eight year old Diego Sanchez. But uh, yeah, but yeah. So Mickey Gall. Uh, you know, keep your keep your contacts open. There might be some some pro wrestling in your future here pretty soon. Uh, another good fight of uh, of skinny dudes: Julio Arce defeating Andre Yule at TKO at um, three forty five of the second round. Ar- Arce. Um, had to really work to get this. Yes. Uh, like there was just Ewell was giving him nothing, and Rsa kind of had to had to overcome that just to get this TKO. It was very y- impressive.
5: Yule's a tough dude. Like, he was mm-hmm. getting hit by Rsa a couple times, and you you could tell you're like if Yule wasn't so tough, that would have just knocked anyone else out. Like he got he got hammered by some rights and lefts, and he he still kept standing until he couldn't take it anymore. But he, he great poker face. His legs mm-hmm. were just giving him away at times.
4: Both of these guys, and in, in the commentary kind of alluded to it, have just fought a lot of really good fighters that um, mm-hmm. have some, win, you know, like kind of your requisite amount of wins and losses against these guys. But I feel, I feel like Arce specifically, he's always in like some something very brutal or some, you know, something rough every uh, every card. And uh, you got, go ahead.
5: We had four bantamweight fights on
4: this card. I just noticed that. Yeah. Who. They they had no faith in TJ making it to. uh, I don't know,
5: but this is like the bantamweight Grand Prix, like the bantamweight showcase. Yeah, yeah, it was
4: great. They all did good too. No heavyweight, like actually nothing above. I don't think there was light heavyweight. Uh, Feather was yeah, middleweight was the uh, was the heaviest division on this.
5: Yeah, that's Uh, pretty
4: good, you know. And again,
5: like that just goes to show how much not only have we evolved in MMA, but boxing and some of the best top-selling boxers, Floyd, and all those. Those are little guys, and now we got little guys fighting here, and you don't need a heavyweight on a card anymore. So you're
4: saying little guys could potentially make a difference in combat sports?
5: Or in professional wrestling, as they
4: have. But it
5: just just puts you in retrospect.
4: Just a note for something we'll talk about later.
5: Okay, good. Let's do it. Continue.
4: uh, And then uh, Sajara Eubanks was the biggest favorite on the crowd, and uh, she looked like it, defeating Elsie Reed, TKO, due to punches. Hounded uh, her 49. like she's yeah.
5: punishing her for even showing up
4: Yeah, and, and, and see, and that's always uh, bad I feel like, uh, that was another thing, Cormier was, was up and down with the odds He got mad at the odds at one point <laughs> during the broadcast right. but, uh, but every time they say this fighter is uh, the biggest uh, favorite of the night That's like, oh crap, this is going to go three rounds and everyone's going to be unimpressed But nope, did not happen um, here, also a bit of a different weight class uh, for Sajara going to flyweight, and then to open up, I thought a decent fight between Diana Bilbada uh, taking out Hannah Goldie. Another one uh, where where both women seem to have the advantage at times, although uh, Bilbada getting the 30-27 victory. I thought Goldie um, was was doing some stuff at different times, but I think the yeah, the the kicks and stuff by Bilbada just kind of made it um, untenable. So this wasn't one of our blowaway opener fights, but still a it still holds our thesis of watching the opening fight because it was still good enough of, yeah. of an opener.
5: Hannah Goldie has something of a social media presence that has very little to do with the UFC or something to do with the UFC. So I'm aware of her. I was excited to see this fight. Man, she looked just overly ripped though, didn't she? Mm-hmm. Especially as she was holding up her hands. And the commentators pointed out she didn't have them high blocking anything. She didn't have them low to hide the punches. They were in this awkward, like, frozen middle spot. And I thought she did good. She hasn't been in in the cage in quite a while. So this is a loss where you don't really lose that much from. I'm sure she'll pick it up and I'm sure that you'd like to see her do better, but she just didn't win this time, but it was a nice, it was a nice fight. And some of her kicks look really good too. So Mm -hmm. she just maybe get that defense a little bit better and the striking, more consistent and especially in the later rounds. And she'll be someone to look out for.
4: Yeah. One of those were like, uh, not to piggyback off what DC, DC said, but you could tell you could tell this was these are UFC fighters fighting each other, and that's not always apparent when you're just watching some of these fights. But like I thought throughout the card, but even in the opener, it's like yeah, everyone on this card kind of belonged, and I, right. I thought that that really showed out. Other than the the Eubanks fight, um, where she was like super dominant, it felt like everybody on this card belonged um within the promotion. And like I said, as even though we're going through it and you mentioned earlier, it, it's just a really solid card. I I don't think we'll remember this card down the road um for anything really significant despite the fact we had the greatest uh display of mixed martial arts in the history of mankind. Besides that, um I don't think yeah, we'll remember it, that. but a very enjoyable watch. Yeah, I had a good
5: time and I think that if you just happen to watch this like I did on delay bits and pieces throughout the weekend, there's nothing to complain about. Between this And just occasionally watching the Olympics. It was a fun weekend for me.
4: Mm, mm. Um, Speaking
5: of the Olympics of MMA.
4: You know what's not going to be fun? (laughs) The UFC's card this weekend. Um, Yeah, so whatever the Olympic thing that's happening on Saturday night, just go ahead and watch that because this is is not high-quality stuff going on this week. I watched
5: Um, skeet shooting today.
4: Oh, wow. That's good. I've been watching three-on-three basketball and skateboarding, which is pretty awesome. Uh, they, they basically have my backyard when I was 12. Uh is now in the Olympics.
5: Did you watch ping pong? It's the funniest uh, thing ever. No, I
4: haven't. I, I oh, my
5: God. When t- they're serving there. it, so funny. They look at the ball, both teams, like it's an egg, and then they delicately push it, and then they do a little tap. Eh. It, it was more exciting than this main event will be, probably.
4: Probably. So here, here's, the, here's the thing on this, Rick. When you have a card with smiling Sam Alvey, deserves to be on the main card you know you don't have a great card right yeah that, that's what we're looking at here not a bad main event just not a main event like not a bad fight i should say in the no. main event but just doesn't really feel uh... it's gonna
5: be very kicky strikey yes
4: yeah, so you think somebody somebody's gonna get finished though don't you think
5: if you right i hold and finish anderson silva i don't see him finishing sean strickland i think sean strickland can finish But he's also very kicky, strikey, or he has had some TKOs.
4: Anderson Silva. Oh,
5: he did. That was a mercy finish, in my opinion. Like that was—I forgot that was actually even a finish. You're right. But that being said, Uri Hall has had its tentative moments, which is. I guess where I was getting at. Mm. I don't know. I'm an idiot, clearly. Uh, but I could see there being a finish, yes, but I, I could also see it being very back and forth and very strike heavy. And that sounds exciting. It can be, but it also can get repetitive pretty quickly. Mm. So we'll see which way it goes.
4: Uh, Uriah Hall is on a on a pretty good run here. He uh, He's really got 2012 taken care of. He defeated Chris Weidman and Anderson Silva in his last two fights. Of course, Weidman is that uh, gruesome leg injury. Um, And then prior to that, he had the finish of Silva. Prior to that, he had a split decision with Antonio Carlos Jr. And before that, had defeated Bevan Lewis before losing... To Paulo Costa, way way back in uh, 2018.
5: Wow. Can I ask you when you say he has 2012 taken care of? Is that a reference to he's beaten people that were popular in 2000
4: he like the guy that would the guys that have been like the champs in 2000 That was really
5: funny, actually, Robert. I I like laughed in my own hand when you said that. Yeah. Especially
4: I, especially we'd have to explain the joke. That's really, when you know it really. But really
5: no ends. no no. I wanted people to appreciate that joke that went above them. Like I got oh, okay. it, but like. We here, uh, MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling fans, are blessed to have Robert and his coy (laughs) comments that go past many of us, with myself included at times. But you are like the Quentin Tarantino of MMA Talk dialogue at times because that, I don't know if you, did you write that down or is that just off the cuff?
4: That was off the cuff. Damn, dude. My, uh, my, uh, my not so funny Sam Alvey uh, thing. I've been working at a workshop in all morning. That, that was the best that we could
5: come out That was true, though, but that was an honest fact. And the yeah. 2012 thing, I'm going to have to ha- somehow steal that for something.
4: Yeah, that's something that'll come up. Um, yeah. On Strickland's side, he's, he's been in the UFC forever.
5: Um, yeah. Sounds like Stone Cold, been in the UFC forever.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could can, uh,
5: can you imagine a phone call between him and Stipe?
4: it's it's just two two uh engines just talking to each other (laughs) someone pouring pebbles down at every two minutes yeah but the great thing about stipe is stipe is unintelligible in a podcast and he's also but he's also unintelligible post fight but he sounds completely different in each one and but you can't understand him uh Right. Either way. Him, him, him and Mighty Mouse, I don't know why. They just, I could never, you could never have a conversation with them without a translator. And they will, they speak very clear English.
1: Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
3: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.
2: Check out our new 2021 PW Torch VIP podcast lineup, including everything with Rich Fan. Hosted by Wade Keller, where on weekends we get together and talk about everything. And that includes our popular Off the Beaten Path segment, where either Rich or I present each other with something to watch that's off the beaten path, and we dissect and analyze and react to it. Sometimes it's weird, sometimes it's nostalgic, sometimes it's therapeutic, and sometimes it's just plucking something from the past that would work today that's not being done. But we talk about uh, WWE, NXT, AEW, all the current events in professional wrestling also. It's a different format. In a fresh podcast dynamic with Rich and me. Every weekend, everything with Rich Fan is part of the new PW Torch VIP podcast lineup for 2021.
1: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
0: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa.
4: quite a bit of momentum for strickland to come in into yeah. this one get wins over Christoph joko brandon allen jack marshman you can't can't get any higher than jack marshman there so he's he's got some wins mm. under his belt who do you think gets the victory here
5: well um i think what i would do if i was your guy hole is just do what that one guy did in one of sean strickland's training videos where he kicked a guy flush in the stomach for applying some bizarre jujitsu move did you see that Mm-mm. that's that's when I think of Sean Strickland, I'll, I'll send it to you. He was just sparring with some guys, some apparently jujitsu master guy. And the guy like kind of did a cheap move on Sean Strickland. So Strickland T kicked him right in the gut and then they argued about it. And it was pretty funny. Uh, I think that Uriah Hall gets this, but mm. I can, this is one uh, back and forth. I could see Sean Strickland getting a decision as well. I don't know if he finishes Hall though. I think if anyone gets a finish, it might be Hall. But like I said, this is gonna be a very kicky punchy five round findy.
4: I, I've got Hall with the finish. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and go Ooh. on a limb there, yeah. So
5: what happens if Sean Strickland wins this? Would that mess anything up? Or does the UFC care about like the winner of this fight, you think? Like are they going like, well, Hall can finally be that Nick Anderson Silva we thought he would be?
4: Ah, I think it messes stuff up for Strickland. Um I don't think Uriah Hall still has some rising to do like if he was gonna go through there and I don't know if he's in the long term plans of the UFC
5: do you think Uriah Hall versus the Stylebender would be an interesting
4: fight uh I mean potentially but it's like not it it doesn't feel Uriah Hall Uriah Hall doesn't feel Stylebender worthy as far as like to to have a fight with not that it would even necessarily be a bad fight. I just don't mm. know that he would, you know, that's kind of, it would be, it would be similar, uh, and which kind of worked out, but like what was going on with Charles Oliveira? Yeah. Like, wait a minute, this isn't a mismatch. It's just a mismatch in front of, of Star Power. I, I feel like that, those same kind of vibes from that That scenario. I,
5: I could see Uriah Hall winning this and then fighting a Paula Costa or a Vittori or a Cannoneer and then getting a title shot in the future. I think that's a very strong possibility because you got a lot of other guys in front of him, or a Derek Brunson maybe. Like he's
4: fought so many of those guys, but he really it
5: does. It. Middleweight division has a lot of good people in it, but they're just fighting each other. It's not even steel sharpening steel; it's like making it rusty.
4: And actually, Ryan Hall's kind of actually stayed away from a lot of those guys. Like the only guy really at the top that he's fought is back in 2015 when he lost to to Whitaker, uh, Whitaker mm-hmm. Brunson. Like you know, Gay Guards not in there anywhere. He he did lose Acosta. Uh, I think that was part of the launch of Costa too if I, but other than that like he kind of hasn't oh, fought oh that's right Yeah, he really hasn't fought a lot of those top guys which could be in his favor
2: uh, I
5: would love to see him I, they would all be fresh matchups I would love to see him versus Kevin Gaslam somehow make that happen mm-hmm. they're you know 9 and 8 right now so I know they both got fights coming up. Gaslam isn't going against Till or something I uh, I think that would be a fun fight to watch in the future it'd be like full circle
4: Mm-hmm. Good division though. Like when you're going through those names, like yeah. a lot of, a lot of good, I don't know if there's necessarily good fights because a lot of guys have fought each other, but right, good good division.
5: But when Chris Weidman's in your top twelve and uh, he's gonna be gone forever,
4: then... and the, yeah, it's a little bit of a mark against it. Um, yeah. After that, this card falls off. Um, yes. As I mentioned, got some Sam Alvey action on the main card. Some deserving <laughs> Sam Alvey action. Didn't he
5: get his uh, ass beat recently? Let's see.
4: I think his fight didn't happen recently, right? Was that what happened? Because I felt like we talked about it. I have about a about memory of it, me
5: gloating. No, no, no. no yeah, 10, Julian yeah. Marquez technical yeah. submission rear okay. naked choke. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
4: he's, he's uh, he hasn't won since June of 2018, taking out Jan Valente,
5: which is actually not that long ago. But
4: it's with my Mali common time. complaint, a, yeah, he fights
5: all the time. Look at all his fights, man. <laughs> it's just a bunch of red there on Wikipedia. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he hasn't won in a very long time. And he... Yeah, he got a couple of split decisions. But um, I can see I'm, them cutting him. I can't believe he hasn't been cut yet. I mean,
4: he hasn't won a fight since 2018. So that, and he's fought... Uh, you know, some guy earlier, yeah, he's only fought twice. He hasn't won a fight since 2018. This dude fights like every other month and hasn't won a fight since 2018. So...
5: Um, You know, it's funny. I talk so much crap about him, but if I saw him like I did with uh, a couple other fighters I made fun of in person, (laughs) I would totally buddy up to him. Who's this guy he's fighting? In the UFC page, he looks like he's 12.
4: Um, He is fighting... Roman Koploff?
5: No, Wikipedia page. Doesn't exist.
4: Yeah, but that's, you know... Uh, Well, yeah, he looks... He's 30. Are you looking Uh, at that picture? Okay, he is the best-looking 30-year-old of all time, then. If he's 30, actually, if you...
5: Oh, yeah, he looks like a baby.
4: Yeah. Th-
5: Those thought, Russians, I, man. I,
4: I thought he'd say, like, 23 when I looked at that age. You know, On the one hand, it said born in 1991. So, like, oh, yeah, he's real young. And th- that was 30 he years ago.
5: He has an 88% win by TKO rate compared to Sam Alvey's 58. Zero submissions. 13% decisions. Average fight time, 14 minutes, one second. It says that Sam Alvey's fight time is normally 9 minutes and 51 seconds. I think that's a little of a deceptive of a number because it's not that he wins in under 9 minutes and 51 seconds. It's that he's getting finished or losing a lot lately.
4: So, yeah, that, okay, so he, he lost that recent fight to Marquez. But prior to that, you have split decision, split decision, unanimous decision. He lost two a couple of TKOs, split decision, a right. KO. That, that, split decision fighters. And then look at, look at this run. Look at this run from November of 2016 to um, to October of 2017 unanimous decision split decision unanimous unanimous like this is this is not an exciting fighter like no matter how you break it down how old is he 35 dudes younger than me my mm-hmm. god yeah but you guys like I'm looking forward to that new podcast you and him are gonna start I feel like that's coming
5: soon. we just hate each other
4: mm-hmm.
5: yeah I, I I'm looking forward to him getting wiped wiped off the you see, canvas after this fight.
4: Uh, for yeah, his opponent. Okay, no, sure, dog. I'm not going to stop my ad blocker. I'm just going to continue without supporting you. Um, okay, so he so he fought Carl Robertson huh. back in November of 20. Like, there's no reason for us to remember this guy. Like, nope. Pretty much, if you weren't a big star pre-pandemic, I have like no recollection of you. I've Who? noticed that yeah recently. Yeah, if if you weren't a big star before the pandemic, like everything in my mind has been kind of cut off. Um I, yeah. See, I think
5: though, luckily for us, I think the fight before it might mm-hmm. be good.
4: Kung Ho Kang versus uh Honey Yaya, yeah. Which that should that'll actually be really good. And again, Bantamweight. So got that going. Um
5: Oh yeah, that, I'm sorry, we skipped over that fight completely. That's yeah. that's after it. And I think the fight before too, Brian Barberina versus Jason Witt. There you go, Rick. I mean Barberina might be is he, he still,
4: is he still one of your guys?
5: We'll see. I mean, like, I, I, Barbarina, I respect because he doesn't seem to care too much about his appearance, which I value in a person. Uh, it's
4: relatable for you. Yeah.
5: Yeah. I think that, uh, in the fights that he was in, like, when he went to get lost against Vicente Luque and Randy Brown, I mean, those are fun fights. Uh huh. He had a fight against Colby Covington, really? God,
4: that doesn't seem. I right.
5: just—I'll never forget him for beating up Sage Northcutt, and he—he he didn't trust me. When you had those two stand next to each other, if you're booking this in a wrestling match, uh, Barbarina would have been the jobber. But yes. obviously this is UFC. But and that's the, not how it the, happens.
4: The, Sage was—Sage was riding high at that point, right? Yep. And Barbarina that's what, that's crushed what en- him. thats what like ended it for him. Like him—him him losing that fight, and then suddenly we had to have, start having serious conversations about Sage not being. Um, actually that good and all that yeah
5: Yeah, there are a couple other people I do not care for on this fight card and we're in the prelims right now my god look at this look at all these
4: fights yeah so like I don't root for anyone not to get paid obviously but I do. We, we we lose fights all the time. If we lost yeah. some fights with this card, not not the worst thing in the world. Not
5: a big deal. Just this kind of feels like the land of Misfit Toys on this card, doesn't it? It feels like all the fights that got a, had to be bumped from early fight card, you know, the prelims and the ESPN pre-cards, they were like, let's just put it all on July 31st. This <laughs> is this is what I call a contract fulfillment card, where they're, they yeah. have to give these guys fights. So with it's that also, being
4: it's a getaway weekend this weekend, let's face it. Like it's like kind of the last weekend of summer ish in a lot of ways. You know, August is coming in. Um, it's a very missable card.
5: Watch it be the best card of the ever. I think uh, the fighter I was talking about who I wouldn't be sad to see go, maybe it could be a double pack shirt pick, uh, double whammy her, her and Sam LV. Nico Montoya.
4: Well, her name is Nico Montano, so that would be kind of hard to...
5: Montano. Montonia. Montano. Montana.
4: Getting better. Okay.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Former uh, champ. <laughs> Yeah, right. No, not really. Kind of. <laughs> Every top ten worst champion UFC champions list you ever see, she's always like number three.
4: But I don't even think she's like one of the worst champions because I don't even consider her like a champ. Like, yes, she held a belt, but it was like the most convoluted way to ever obtain a belt. So, uh, like, I don't. Even, like, I don't. I don't even have. I don't have the same ill will towards her that you do. Uh, but. Uh, Wow, she, she
5: held up an entire her uh, she held up a whole division, you know, which is unforgivable.
4: That was that was a weird time when all that was going down too. Like, wait, what was happening? And then she had yeah. the Usada vial. Like it was just weird. Like everything was very weird um, about that. Hey, you know, she uh, her most recent loss back in wow back in twenty nineteen. I remember this card that she was on the yeah. Ladd card. But Here, that, here's a fun pop question the, for you: the content, the current uh, bantamweight title contender. So yeah,
5: yeah. I know she, she. I mean, she's been around. Who's a worse champion than she was? Uh, so you got her as the A side, and on okay. the B side, you got drain drained Duranamine. Duran, I mean. Pretty similar. Pretty as far similar. As title pretty
4: similar circumstances too. Yeah, where they were just kind of like because other people couldn't uh, necessarily be. At least though, to be fair to to Montana, at least she worked her way through the um, the division. They both they both were stripped of the title. So yeah, they're like kind of the Bret Hart's in a way. Cause they never right. lost, they never lost their titles, but I, I'll give, I guess, I don't know if, if you just, I don't know if you like Durandame is like a much better fighter, just in like her resume is much better than uh, anything uh, Montano has done. Um, so,
5: but at least Montano didn't cheat to win her title no. as Drain Durandamene did. So I True. think Duranamine and Durandamene, We'll get the Ayers, Ayers so many USC fans where I think people don't really care about Montana. I think most people don't even remember she was champion.
4: Probably. It's, it's more of a footnote. If, like, if you were watching MMA in like, 2018, you just know that she was the champ. Yeah.
5: This is a very inside reference, but if you're a big Ring of Honor fan like I am, uh-huh. you forget that Xavier was their original champion and not someone like Samojo she's the Xavier of the Ring of honor to UFC comparison
4: I've I've gone down that rabbit hole um inspired by many bud lights on a Saturday night before and just uh, gone through Ring of Honor Champions because it's yeah. it, it's like it's like one of those graphs that's all the way up and down of like oh yeah this yeah, this yeah. guy became this guy became Brian Danielson and this was CM Punk and this was homicide and then oh look Loki yeah this the there's always one of these things is not like the other with the uh, the the ROH. Yeah. Uh, you mean
5: like you mean like uh, CM Punk hi. James Gibson. J- <laughs>
4: well, at least, at least yeah, well, yeah, not <laughs> Brian <champion>. Danielson
5: hi. <laughs> right, Jerry Lynn low. Yeah. Um. I,
4: I'm not, Christopher not,
5: Daniels but, low. Unfortunately,
4: that's not well. I
5: when he won it, yeah. Yeah, I guess
4: he, he's. Like, him and Jamie Noble are so, like, cherished that it's hard to, uh... That's another teaser, by the way. Um, Think of ROH from the uh, 2000s. That's just another teaser to what we're going to talk about in a minute.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
2: We're now on Patreon. By popular demand, you can now support us directly through Patreon. Go to patreoncom VIP. We have three tiers, including an entry level tier one that takes the ads and plugs away. You can have the VIP versions of the Weight Keller Progressing Podcast, Wake Keller Progressing Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast. That's fourteen podcasts per week, but with the ads and plugs edited out. Plus, you get the VIP after shows don't be left out anymore from those for just $4 and 99 cents at patreon.com slash PW torch VIP. We also have a second tier and a third tier where you can upgrade to get other VIP content, including other VIP podcasts and the PW torch newsletter, the current ones and 20 years ago version. So go check it out. Patreon.com slash PW torch VIP.
4: Real yes. quickly, Rick. Let's uh let's talk about. I think I would say that if you take all those fights together, biggest MMA fight of the weekend is happening in Bellator, um, and I think. Tell me about it. By a uh, by a pretty wide margin, actually, uh, it's the you uh, uh, Bellator presents UFC two sixty three. That no, that's <laughs> what I was about to say. That's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. They figured it
5: out. How do you get more popular? Promote the promotion that people care about. They bought. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Coker buys USC. I have bought-
4: so it's gonna it's gonna be an episode of, of tough <laughs> and all of a sudden there's gonna be a simulcast. How do you become a billionaire? It's or be- how do you beat a billionaire? <laughs> sure, the the contract does say white and it's, it's some other guy named White in Bellator. But you know, it's it's a, it's the last episode of Nitro just recreated um, Right all over the place. <laughs> yeah, it a- says Sc- Scotty White. <laughs> and the <laughs> They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna trash Jeff Jarrett on air for no good reason. Um, okay, I'm having way too much fun on this show. Bellator two hundred and sixty three by Bellator, um, Inc. Okay, the culmination of the very entertaining but very very long featherweight Grand Prix is finally gonna happen on this card. Patricio Ferrer versus AJ McKee. This thing goes all the way back to mid-2019 when this thing started. It was going to be long anyway. And with the pandemic in the middle where Bellator was really inactive, it's taken a long time to uh, prove the thesis that we already knew that Pitbull was the best featherweight um, in Bellator and possibly the world. But this this is a fight I am without irony actually looking forward to. I think AJ McKee has been the star of this Grand Prix. It's been like him able to break out of it um, has been the big thing of note. And now he's going against, I think the pound for pound best fighter in Bellator. So uh, again, very unironically think Bellator has himself a heck of a fight on their hands. Um, And it looks like it's going to, is that on Saturday as well? I I, I got mixed. I got mixed uh, signals from my, from the Wikipedia. I, I would hope that one's on a Friday. Right. I don't want they, Well, they, they need to no, keep it. It's The poster says Saturday, July 31st.
5: That's so stupid. That's not good. Yeah. It's just like, make things consistent. The problem with Bell amongst a billion things, is that you never, you don't know when their show, where it is, half the time. Oh my God, they're at the Forum. Why haven't I bought tickets to this?
4: Yeah. I don't know. Why haven't
5: you? Oh, I might actually. I might end up going to this. Anyways, I'll continue complaining. Uh You don't know how to watch your show half the time if you're not a consistent MMA fan because, you know, it
4: keeps not, changing. They're, they're not promoted in any form.
5: No. And then, you know, now they're, they're at different times and stuff, so it's just like consistency. It's so important. And yeah, July
4: thirty first. Yeah, and honestly, that's what I liked about Bellator previously, was it was just like it was my Friday night on Spike TV. Like that's what, you're like oh cool Bell- it's time for Bellator, um, and it was and it was there. Ever since they've gone, it started with the DAZN stuff, but they God, they just feel always. And we talk about it all the times. So we're beating the deadest of horses, but they they are a good promotion that feels completely irrelevant. Like even all these Mickey Mouse promotions feel like they're much more newsworthy and noteworthy than Bellator, don't they?
5: Yeah, they become the impact of, they even have impact people on their show. They just, Mm -hmm. they don't, they're not relevant at all.
4: No. And again, you have, like I said, I think legitimately you could say that's the biggest fight of the weekend between the two promotions and
5: nobody's going to see it. (laughs) <laughs> Did you see the guy? So you're looking at the fight card. So I'm looking at this, seeing if it's worth me to go to. And unless I get a, a press credential, which uh, we should work on that. It's not. Not worth me paying for it. I'll watch it on TV. But that being said, I would like to see Usman Nurmega-Madoff fight. <laughs> I don't I don't know who he is. I'm
4: sure I do, but first, it doesn't first, kind of my First team all named, though. The- yeah. <laughs> that is... <laughs> Remember the time it was um, in the UFC? It was Anderson dos Santos fighting, and Michael Bispink just like could not contain himself on commentary of how awesome <laughs> that there was a perfectly engineered uh, UFC named Anderson dos Santos. This is this is even better. Like, can you imagine how hard it would be to how dominant Usman and Omega Madoff is? I know that's incredible. This, that this guy's gonna like- tackle you and just pound you. Like, my
5: gosh! Yeah, I mean, he, next the next fight he's gonna go against. Will be, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something to, similar, but it, it just, it'd just be like chill Lesnar.
4: I, I, I was going to say, uh, George's Saint... Uh, I
5: know, I try to get G- GSP and that just didn't work out.
4: Yeah, jo- George's Saint Hendrix I don't know how that's going to work. Anderson,
5: Anderson uh, Pierre. yeah you know, That's crazy. What a name. Just, despite making fun of this guy, uh, not a lot of other things going on on this card.
4: No, it's a very... I would say it's not even a typical Bellator card because usually there's like uh, two fights uh, to look forward to. So I'm looking at the ticket prices. I'm right looking now. at Madoff's, um stats. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what a name! I agree. Like, I think he just—he's just, his name is just search engine optimization. Like, because no matter who you Google, he's going to come up.
5: <laughs> yeah. No one ticket. Let's see. It's always hard to buy. Tickets for USC events because it's just like, I don't know where would be a good seat.
0: Mm.
5: You know, I just.
4: Closer's not better uh, with.
5: Well, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, I. Because, like, the EF's best seats. Uh, The EF rows. Oh my God. So, if you were to guess, this is a fun game because I'm on Ticketmaster right now. Okay. So the around the ring left and right is lettered right and then the numbers are up there Mm -hmm. so like efg is one side the other one's qpn and then you know vice versa guess how much these tickets are going for if you're in like seat j which would be right next to where the opposite of where people get the vaseline put on them
4: okay
5: so just like in that corner by the entrance
4: uh four (sighs) hundred dollars
5: no uh, unfortunately, if you wanted to be in J, it's going to cost you $706 each ticket. Oh, there you go. It's official platinum, though. Oh. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty crazy. I don't know.
4: I don't know. We we, we we run like a multi-billion dollar podcast empire here. I don't see why that's a problem for you, Rick.
5: Because um, those gas station things aren't cheap.
4: Oh, yeah. I think you could get those uh, prescription and they'll have less risk.
5: I don't want to go to the doctor's.
4: Oh, there's, I wish, see, you know what, this would be a time, you know, if we were a, if we were a, a different type of podcast, this is where we would read the, uh, the Bluetooth ad, right? Like the right. a perfect segue into that. So, you know, you can just insert it there if, uh, if you. Ooh,
5: know. $206. Yeah. So l- listen, I, I'm not getting away with going to this and not on the floor seats, the ones right above without paying $106 for it mm-hmm. and then paying some sort of surcharge as well. I don't think this is worth one hundred and six dollars.
4: No, um, <laughs> it's not. Uh, no. <laughs>
5: uh, uh-uh. you know, it's just like I don't know.
4: Okay, so we—I think we settled that. You're not going. I'm not going to go. Okay. Well, show the Showtime app. There you go. Uh. Okay, Rick. Let's, let's stop talking about MMA. I'm bored with it already. We're talking about where you're going to sit at this week's event. So, uh, sorry. Uh. Agree or disagree. Much more interesting week this week for pro wrestling than MMA. Agree. Yeah. But why is that? Uh, Several reasons. First of all, it should be noted. Uh, A lot of big shows this week. Money in the Bank, uh, Fighter Fest Night 2 at AEW, crowds coming back. So you had a big Raw, big SmackDown, Uh, very similar NXT. Uh, You had Saturday Night Major uh, TNA show. Or impact show that was that was uh pretty relevant to things. Major GCW show on Saturday night with uh uh Nick Gage and uh, Matt Cardona settling their issue in an absolutely awesome way. Major New Japan show happening this weekend, which I'm still in the middle of watching, so it'll be about maybe uh Thanksgiving when I finish that. <laughs> the pace I watch New Japan shows, but all of that which all is like 1A stories for every other week, but all of that compels in comparison to potential signings Ooh. and these are the sort of uh the i don't know the the golden goo whatever the the thing you can never obtain the the forbidden door i, mean, I know they use that term for something else but what it is in pro wrestling if you could just sign it like the
5: scarlet johansson of wrestling
4: <laughs> the scarlet johansson of wrestling um yeah definitely uh, uh brian danielson got some Scarlett joe vibes coming from him but that is the big news Potentially, and I want to put the big character potentially, because everyone that's reported this who has credibility is still talking in terms of high probability, but nothing is confirmed. But what we have here is the high possibility that both uh, Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, and CM Punk are headed to All Elite Wrestling, to AEW. Woo! This is... I don't want to, I don't want to be too hyperbolic because like in the end, probably nothing about anything that's currently happening will change, but it's right. not insignificant either. Like, I don't think you can. Could... No.
5: This is like Hulk Hogan and Macho Man coming to all elite wrestling. This is like the, for the fans of AEW, this is it.
4: Mm-hmm. This, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about a couple of things here. I heard, um, I heard Todd on uh, on part one of his show, I've heard the, the, the second part, you know, talking about AEW has so much momentum that these signings don't feel as significant as they could. I kind of disagree with that because – so if you're an AEW diehard, that just cements it for you. Like it's it's over with. Like that is, that is your promotion forever if they pull this off. And let's face it. As much as RAW has been hemorrhaging viewers for a couple of years, and AEW has done a very good job of of improving uh, uh, improving their viewership, specifically over like the last week or so, when you can you can actually say like they're they're kind of closing the gap on RAW. Like they're not there yet, but they're they're making some ends. At the same time, there are still lapsed wrestling fans, people who simply do not watch wrestling anymore. Now, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan were never part of a boom period. In fact, some of their times on top have correlated with declines in business. That doesn't mean though that there are not people who are diehard fans of both those individuals who have not been disaffected by wrestling just in general over the last couple of years, and that cannot be a bit of a bump to AEW. More importantly, I just want to see him there, and there's two different things for on the Daniel Bryan side. It's more about seeing Daniel Bryan unleashed because you know he had his comeback from retirement, and you know he's having matches with Big Cass and stuff like that. Like so, um, he his his full potential was never really realized after his comeback and you know all he's all done for the last year is really talk about retirement so it kind of seems like that, w- that might have been the last best we were ever going to get of him personally I would like to see him more as a freelancer than involved in one company that's just me but at least in AEW you do, ha- you do traditionally have a little more freedom I mean they just had a New Japan title match on uh, Dynamite this week so in theory there's a little bit more you can do the CM Punk one though, like like Daniel Bryan's action wrestling will be better. It'll be like there there's more to it there. CM Punk is like this this ultimate thing. Like that was gone. That was done. That's been done. And that's been the thing that has been taken away from people for seven years now. The guy whose chants fill up arenas when people aren't happy with what they are seeing. And this is a guy who has except for that one, you know, little thing he did under the mask no indie shows rarely even has even talked about wrestling you know yeah I know he did that show with WWE um, but he was on there once a month and it kind of the pandemic hit and the show got cancelled um, so a bit of a mystery for for UFC been in did some MMA and it hasn't gone as well so I uh, I you can't help but just take extreme notice to to all of this I've, I've talked for a long time and haven't really said much Rick go, go ahead and uh, pick me up there
1: Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net, along with other Pro Wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com.
5: Yeah, uh, my big thing is, is CM Punk coming in and going to be an active full-time wrestler? Is he going to wrestle once in a while? Is he going to take a sting approach where they have him wrestle, but there's some bells and whistles involved and tag teams? And are him and Daniel Bryan connected? I don't think there's any issue with Daniel Bryan being able to wrestle still. I think he, I mean, you watch it more than I did week to week. I thought he was performing just as well as he ever had, especially no, in was, that WrestleMania performance. He
4: was, he was Brian. Like he was yeah. him. Yeah.
5: So I, I think it's great for him that he was able to main event the last WrestleMania and then he's coming in hot. He wasn't, hasn't been beat down and degraded like a lot of WWE stars have, especially at his level. So him coming in, I really would like to see Daniel Bryan come in, get the huge baby face pop, milk that for like five seconds, and then totally McFoley ECW it.
4: Mm-hmm. That
5: would be great. i kind he's, of what he did with the vegetarian, you know, with the belt made out of hemp sort of thing. But I think it's he, too easy for him he, to be. He rose at to such highs
4: as Babyface. He's always been a better heel, though. Like, yeah, Ring of Honor, he did yeah. his
5: best stuff as a heel. I think he'll be doing his best stuff as a heel in there. And I think he can play off and kind of, I think AEW has some really good heels. But they seem to have some rising baby faces who mm-hmm. need help, and that's what Daniel Bryan can do. Him and Chris Jericho has been doing that.
4: Yeah, he, I think he can go against Sammy Guevara and all those guys right. that are like twenty-three years old that they're good. They just they haven't been around long enough. MJF, you know, and that, they can bring heel, Daniel but... Bryan
5: to an incredible match. Mm-hmm. Not that he needs the help, but I'm sure he could use it. And I think what would be really cool is if he does that plays the heel, and then CM Punk comes in as the once-in-a-while baby face, mm-hmm. dropping pipe bombs, and I think that's – I would like to see that's how they play it. But we'll – I don't know. Whatever they end up doing, I'll actually watch it. I don't think I've actually watched a full episode of AEW Dynamite
4: hmm. ever. I, Isn't I, that interesting? Yeah, I was going to ask you that specific question. Like, is this – Something that would that would pull you to yeah. to the television for that confirmed it is yeah because you, you're the person I had in mind when I might rant a minute ago
5: yeah it it, it I think this has tickled my interest well AEW's de- AEW's always had my attention but now it has my interest
4: but yeah there was not really a reason for you no, to watch no
5: like, I don't care that Big Show joined their commentary yeah. team and Mike Russell I don't care Mark Henry was there I I appreciate. Especially during the COVID era. I mean, I know they were having those fun bunkhouse brawl like all over the place, but now I'm interested, especially with an audience. Mm. Just don't do any more exploding ring crap.
4: That that's the thing, and that's their uh, their sort of WCW connection, is that they they over promise and then something like they under deliver on finishes, which is like, you know, the legacy of WCW. Which at least with these, these are just wrestler guys. It's also a thing too, like um, you know, you start breaking down who would they face, and obviously, because again, I think I think both guys will be part time ish, but you're probably gonna you're gonna get more wrestling out of the guy that's in better shape and a little bit younger, and who's always historically just a better wrestler. I think in Daniel Bryan. So again, there are there are matches to be had there. You know, for everyone from from the guys as low on the card as you know guys like Joey Janela to again the Sammy Guevara's, and the MJFs to the top guys, uh, to the Omegas, and uh, Omega and Cody and <sighs> Omega and versus Daniel Bryan. All those guys, like all Ugh. that's all that's going to be good. Um, the the Punk thing, I think, is a little more delicate in a few different ways. Like it has bigger potential, but I think it's just there's just more delicate things to it. Here here's a hot take that's that's going to be uh, out of the out of the ordinary. I'm ready. I think Punk's comeback would have always been better in WWE just because that's that's who that's who the axe to grind is with like so that that, to me there's something that would be that would be kind of great if he was just like given this massive contract and able to have like you know some kind of hogan creative control it would have never happened but i Mm -hmm. think that that would have been better. like honestly and it doesn't matter now but like in 2015 like you know when we're more fresh off of his off of his leaving like the biggest match they could have done at that point was like Triple H and CM Punk. Like that would have mm-hmm. been the biggest match in wrestling. Now Triple H doesn't really wrestle that much anymore, so and he's not as much of an ominous figure. So that lost a little bit of that. So so that was all, I kind of always thought that would be the place for him to show up. At the same time, you're at the rival promotion that is. I mean, they're not going to put WWE out of business, but they're legitimately nipping at their heels. I think in a, in a real way now. Both you think so in, in terms of the num the numbers bear it out and. And the, the these signings, I think, bear it out. Like, again, that doesn't mean that, like, you know, they're WWE be filing for bankruptcy anytime soon or anything like right. that. But th- what I'm saying is they're a real player. Like, this is this is a real wrestling war. This is not, um you know, TNA putting themselves on Monday to pretend like they're in the wrestling war.
5: So two things. Uh, first... First is a statement and then next is a question. All right. So I agree with you with the CM Punk thing to a certain extent. Sure, it would have been better if he could come back with more creative control, gone against Triple H and they not damage him. But I think besides Roman Reigns, I think the WWE product is so crap that they would have just found some way to screw it up.
4: Oh, I I think it would have been cool for
5: like two seconds in a perfect world. If we're doing the fantasy booking, I would have loved to see him go against Hunter. But in the same respect, too, when they did an invasion, I would have loved at least Scott Steiner to be a part of it or somebody. So I, I think in those lenses, yeah, that would have been great. Is there as much of an impact in AEW as there would have been WWE? It's, I think it's definitely arguable. I, I'm on your side with that. It is what it is, unfortunately. I, they were able to do it with Ultimate Warrior, but for whatever reason, between the two of them, they can't get it done with CM Punk. Uh, my question for you you're talking about AEW nipping at the WWE's heels. Mm. I was thinking about this because they—it feels like they just signed a bunch of people, doesn't it? Yeah. It feels like they just signed Big Show, Mark Henry, and I'm Christian. sure other people, Christian, and Nick. Ainge they are came getting on Wednesday, and right, they're getting a little WWE TNA light with the uh, constantly signing this. free WWE agents mm-hmm. for a pop. Is their roster bloated? Are they, like, having too many contracts right now? Is there a worry of that? Should we care about that or they're think about cl- that?
4: They're close to that point, point. and I've heard a lot of sentiment going that direction um, online, not sentiment from people within the company, of, like, after you get these two signings, like. Stop. Stop, yeah. Um, the thing, that, so yes and no. The, the signings you mentioned, like, Christian's the only one that takes up actual TV time. Big Show and Mark Henry are there on commentary and agent. Like they're not really, they're, they they make a big deal out of them being there, but they're not really like. Um, it's it's not, and I'll use him again. It's it's not Christian coming to TNA in 2005 and just you know getting the title. Um, Christian kind of is, but because he's involved. Um, you know, again he wrestled Matt Hardy two weeks ago. It's funny that that happened on uh. on Dynamite. Um, the on the men's side, they're they're pretty saturated. Um the the nice part about it is unlike WWE, they don't put their top guys against each other every week. So matchups kind of matter in AEW. You you generally have a top guy going up against a mid carder whenever you have a television match, and they promote that very well. Um eventually there does reach a point, which I mean I think even WWE themselves, like about a year ago, when they first when this all started happening, when they signed everybody. They just they had too much people. The thing is WWE is you have too much people and you still have the same people resting each other week after week after week. So they manage that a little better. I would say in general they need I mean they need to boost like the women's side of thing, which has always been uh, a huge issue with AEW. With that's not which uh, is
5: ironic because that's the issues they said they would differentiate the women are going to get paid just as much as the men. I'll never forget that soundbite, but we and just, won't, are,
4: we won't, we won't, we won't have any of the good women yeah. wrestlers. We're just not going to hire them. Yeah. If that's the
5: case, then, uh, n- you guys are wasting your money because there's nobody talking about the women's division in AEW. It's the, I, it's, the
4: it's the weak. it's the weakest spoken. It's approved a little bit. They, they signed Thunder Rosa full time. I know, um, over the past week but like would you compare that to what impact has on the women's side and what WWE potentially has like when Becky comes back and it's right. that that part's not really close i to to your bigger question though um uh, i think you need to i think you need to stop just from a perception uh way always cuz you don't want to be impact where you just automatically sign everyone and it's been weird because wrestling was kind of on hold for so long so now that uh those signings seem more compressed uh than what they probably would have normally been under normal um, circumstances.
5: I don't even know what day dynamite is on. Are they
4: Wednesdays? They're Tuesdays? It's on Wednesdays, Frick. Yeah. I'm going to watch this Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday dynamite. You don't, you don't remember that we had the big Wednesday night war and, uh, NXT. Oh, that's right. To...
5: So in NXT. Yeah. And I did notice that they're on sci-fi now. This is how unplugged I am. For like two weeks. Am. Oh, and then they go back to USA.
4: Yeah. And then, uh, Dynamite is also moving channels permanently, though. Where? To TBS.
5: <sighs> I don't know if that's better or worse. Yeah. I'm it's... not a fan of things moving. Why? Just keep it. Probably because TNT is more about drama and less about sports, and TBS is where everything goes.
4: Uh, it's it's uh, literally the opposite. Um, <laughs> it's uh, It's a sports contract. I think it was the hockey contract maybe they got and so they got bumped um because it, it was rough this year during um during the NBA playoffs where we had all those Friday night dynamites because they got um. bumped from the playoffs so it's it's actually something to do with that i i forget what league specifically it is that's kind of i think i think it's their hockey contract so it's and i think i think usa oh, not usa TNT is um kind of branded itself a little more in the sports sphere But they have all the NBA stuff and now they're going to i i think i think i could be way wrong um, they're going to have some of the, the hockey stuff. Um, so then they're just going to go to TBS. Oh, that's fine because TBS and TNT are, are pretty negligible. Yeah. Except for the the one thing is why you should never name your title after your TV show. Uh, because the, the mid card title, which is uh, they do, they have the best managing of their mid card titles in American wrestling, the TNT Championship.
5: Well, they're just going to have to put a B and an S over it.
4: And I guess they're not going to. I guess they're just going to keep it. At least TNT is a name. Like it would have been worse if it went the other way. They should just call it the Turner title. The Turner title, yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: I I'm excited to actually be plugged into week to week wrestling. Uh, I will. I wonder if they're going to show up this Wednesday. I don't know. I'm going to have to watch and see. I,
4: see, but that's why I thought. Cause so initially, I was mad when all this went down because I was like, "What the why hell?" Why spoil it? Yeah. Like why 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 ruin that pop? But I, as I've thought about it more, like so the dynamite was actually uh, pretty good this week. It had a had a fantastic main event but i like sometimes i usually watch dynamite on sundays like in the morning when i'm doing it like i just i just don't watch any i don't watch any wrist well no i watch raw live but I, I generally don't always watch uh raw live and so our wrestling live. so dynamite sometimes i put it off oh no i watched every minute of dynamite this past week like you know waiting for the potential the fact that that got out there i think was a good thing for them like you know it's kind of yeah Especially if you're not going to advertise it, because I don't want to. I don't. I don't think it'd be good too. If all of a sudden I'm scrolling through Twitter and I see Brian Danielson is all elite, like I also don't think that's great either. But if you know, if it gets the interest up, which their ratings are up, and then all of a sudden you know, you tune into Dynamite one day and the lights come on and CM Punk sitting there with his you know sitting pretzel style with a microphone. That that would also be awesome too. Like I I think there there's there's a few different right ways to do the same thing. And I think the way they're doing it like that, because I think it'll have that effect, as you're saying, especially now that they have a good show. There's been times where the show hasn't been as good. If they keep their momentum going with the interest, that can only be good for everybody. Uh, As you're saying, you have more interest in it than you did a week ago. And and you're like, I I think you're a really good test case because you don't have a really a positive or negative stance towards AEW. It just hasn't done anything where you had to watch. And now you've got a reason. Yeah, with it with seeing punk and, and
5: Daniel Bryan coming in, it, it it feels different than just a WWE guy or a WCW guy. Like I, it's not just Arn Anderson, and it was weird even seeing like Tolly Blanchard as a prominent like manager or whatever. I was like, God, what are we doing here? It it's like a promotion run by fanboys, which is fine because I'm a fanboy, but this just adds something to it. Like this is when I see these guys, I just don't think, oh, former WWE stars. I'm like, this is Ring of Honor. This is where this all started. they
4: 'Cause they're they're their own, guys. They're, they're their own entities. Yeah. Now, exactly.
5: One one other question I was gonna ask you is did AEW make a mistake not hiring Samoa
4: Joe? For what you were just saying, maybe. Um but 'cause he's in he's in He's back in NXT. Is he any good? Hmm. He's got this title program with Karrion Cross, which would like Who's their we, champion, right? Yeah, we haven't seen a lot of wrestling out of him in the last year or so. Today. Can he wrestle? I don't know. I mean, I think he can theoretically wrestle, but
5: do you think his body's kind of finally? I, I mean, think he's so. been he's he's got a lot of weight on him, and right. while you're young and stuff, that that's manageable. But
4: yeah, I'm less into it. Other than the fact that, like, it, just, just for what you're saying, just for pure like ROH nostalgia, to have those three guys. Um, you have those three guys and Christopher Daniels on your roster, like you know, yeah, and Kaz. Like you've you've got a lot of, you've got a lot there from that. Um, I guess I guess you would just need AJ, and you you could have the you know the original the the triple threat and all that.
2: I launched the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter as a teenager in high school in the late 80s, and I've been covering professional wrestling ever since. It's been my full-time job since the day I graduated college. And I've followed every technology along the way and tried to be on the cutting edge, and one of them has been podcasting. We were doing podcasts before the word podcast was a word. They were just called audio shows for our subscribers. And a cool feature that we introduced last year are flashback Saturday night editions of the Wade Keller Hotline, where every Saturday night we post Wade Keller hotlines, all in one file—a week's worth of shows from ten and fifteen years ago. That means uh, you can listen to what I was saying about the news, about Raw, about SmackDown, about TNA, about WrestleMania hype, WrestleMania fallout, controversies, firings, matches that almost happened, and why they didn't happen. Every weekend on Saturday night, from ten and fifteen years ago. For instance, the April 6, 2006 Wade Keller Hotline had a ton of insider news on the Hulk Hogan-Steve Austin dynamic at the WWE Hall of Fame and the prospects of a Hogan versus Austin match and how close it came to happening at WrestleMania 22, what stood in its way, and what the prospects were of it happening in the future, why Steve Austin said what he said about Hulk Hogan at the Hall of Fame during his Bret Hart intro, and what the backstage interaction was between the two of them. That's just one example of some of the fascinating reporting that was going on, likely before you were listening to some of my free podcasts here. So, uh, go VIP. It's one of many, many cool benefits that come with a VIP membership. Get details at pwtorch.com/goVIP.
5: I, um, I know we're going long, but I got two more wrestling questions for you. Sure. Uh The what's his name? God, This is how bad I am. The guy who's going against Bobby Lashley, who got squash, not Goldberg. Uh The guy Keith who Lee. Keith Lee. What would you think about that? People are pissed about that. Kim finally um, coming back and just getting smashed.
4: The, uh, yeah, I'm kind, I'm. I had some uh, immediate takes on it last week with. Um. Uh, uh, with Wade on the, Oh, if
5: you guys didn't hear, he was on the show with Wade Keller yeah, the Monday sure. Night Show. Yeah.
4: And um I I have two minds of it. On the one hand, like of course, okay, this is in the hometown, so Vince has to do is let me beat you in the hometown. Right. Um and I just don't think like that's a productive use of Keith Lee, especially someone that was upper mid card like when last time he was on TV. Um and I I don't like Bobby Lashley's been built so well. So I don't think you needed to squash Keith Lee to have Lashley ready for a Goldberg program. I just don't mm-hmm. think that's... Especially when he's going to beat Goldberg. Right. At the same time, Keith Lee's demeanor out there just looked awful. And his wrestling looked awful. Like, it all just did not look good. Um, and I know Wade did some reporting that, you know, he's, he's got a bit of a reputation backstage for, you know, being a bit of an attitude guy. And that may play into hmm. it. So I don't think it's the worst. I wouldn't have done it. But I also don't think it's the worst thing in the world.
5: Second question. Do you think Bobby Lashley should grow a beard? No, I do.
2: Why?
5: There's something with his face and it's never been marketable. His body's marketable. His wrestling style is marketable, but he's got this angry look about him that just for me does not work. You know, kind of the childish face that he has. a little bit. and I, I, I speak on this with someone with an incredibly large head and a small centered face that it, it looks like someone drew a f- like an eyes, a mouth and a nose on an almond and put it on my neck, life mm. size. Like it's huge. I think Bobby Lashley suffers from something similar. Um, it's known as it's a severe uh, physical ailment known as dumb face. I suffer from it. Bobby Lashley suffers from it. And I think the cure for dumb face typically is what I got going on, which is a cute little mustache or in Bobby Lashley's case, some facial hair. I really think we should push this forward. Start the Bobby Lashley facial hair movement.
4: See, here, here where I disagree with you is part of the value of having Bobby Lashley right now is like you don't really realize that he's in his like mid 40s. Right. So I think having a beard may uh, enhance that realization. I think it won't.
5: I think it'll have the effect that if Yel Romero grew a beard, like he's just he's got this beard, but he also is. I in fact, I hope Bobby Lashley's beard is kind of a salt pepper beard.
4: Oh, just Mm -hmm. be just a scary veteran, like.
5: Yeah, I think this would be amazing. So
4: someone someone pointed this out on Twitter. I think it was it was Trevor Dame Uh, Edge and Bobby Lashley, two years apart. In age,
5: yeah, Bobby Lashley, he just <laughs> he's perpetually the same age. He, he's the
4: he's the, he's the uh, the definition of a late bloomer, though I think, because like when he when he left the first time in 08, it was like you know yeah he got the he had the Vince body, but there was just couldn't really wrestle that good. Still can't cut a promo, but he has he has at least he at least he has like a presence about him now, and they found the right guy to match him up with. Um, so he is gro- he like he's the one impact success story. Like he's the one guy. That you can really say, maybe Drew to a to a lesser extent. That went, that went, but Drew did that of the indies though too, where he right. got he got good and got seasoned with uh, with last year. Like he's the guy that went to Impact and got better. Impact and Bellator were there. Were, do you where think Impact?
5: Better. Do you think Impact ever feels like some sort of used prostitute? Oh God! You know what I
4: mean? See, it's hard because I think ROH may have that, but ROH is still a very healthy company. Um, backed, by, by, backed by a millionaire uh, and stuff. And yeah, they're, they're not like um, – they don't have the relevance they did nowhere near. But they're still like – they're still fine. They have the huge, massive uh, TV infrastructure and all that they got going on. So they they are fine as a promotion. And at least they get to be the influence. Like at least they get to see modern wrestling and be like, we created this. Everyone's like, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're that band. They're like, you know, the New York dolls or something. Like there wasn't a lot of fans, but everyone who saw them went and started their own band. That's exactly where ROH Impact, that's got to be a a weird, like psychological play. Like I wonder how Jeff Jarrett from his WWE agent chair looks at where Impact is at now because they've literally had everybody that's on top right now. Like everybody they've had and they had a chance. And I'm talking about like across the world. And they had the top guys in New Japan, and, and
5: they had Akata. Yeah, that's what I was saying
4: <laughs> they had and Gave him a racist gimmick. Like they had all these guys. They had they launched the Matt Hardy thing, and Matt Hardy successful over there. They had Drew uh, Drew McIntyre, and and he has his big run. I mean, really, with the exception of Roman Reigns, they've had access to just about all of this stuff, and they were the they were the number two promotion, un uh, you know uncontested the way that uh, that AEW is doing now and they just could could not make the most of it and sad for them is the, like they kind of they finally have their stuff together now that's what's sad it doesn't matter now but you know their stuff is together they're working with AEW and New Japan and raising their profile but it's just they're so tiny and it's weird because they were you know they were never going to compete with WWE or never never even really nipping at their heels but i mean they signed Hulk Hogan they had Mick Foley they had yeah. the AJ Styles of the world they had Sting for The last good years of Sting, another guy they had, and they blew it. And I I wonder, like, is AEW and their success happening because the environment was right? You know, people only had WWE for 20 years, so eventually it would turn around. And also part of this is, again, the Ring of Honor, the indie scene, finally kind of went mainstream, and that's part of what um, AEW and NXT have capitalized on it. So you have all that there, but it's like, could if they were just under competent management, in a time where more people just in general watch wrestling in the mid two thousands, could they have just been fine? Could they have just been what AEW is now just under confident management? Cause they, and they had millionaire backers just like, just like AEW. Like they had, they had a better TV situation probably at the time. Um, and they never could get it together. And it's a really, it's a really twisted tale of just mismanagement after that's their, that's their legacy of WCW is continuing mismanagement for, you know, two decades. Fortunately, though, or maybe fortunately because they're actually in a pretty good place right now relative uh, to To all things all other things um, They are also like the cockroach of wrestling And what I mean by that is they can't go extinct I know <laughs>
5: I want them to too and I don't want anyone to lose their jobs. It's it's always good when there's a variety out there, but They're kind of like the flyaway division of the UFC was for me. I just I want to see them fold and for no good reason and people I'm just, talk
4: about their show is really good and which uh, i don't know because i don't watch it. And
5: I watch it i subscribe to them on youtube that's how i keep up with impact aw with wwe i mean they make little videos and i watch them you know and so i'm able to kind of it's like twitter my and, youtube is twitter but it's, but it's
4: funny though because like you know and their champion is kenny omega so it's I know, you know, and it's a good storyline that that's that's like a really cool storyline that that they're a big part of. Um, But their involvement in it doesn't really make it cool in any way, shape or form.
5: (laughs) Right. And impact seems to be kind of less than if you show up there sometimes it's like it's like the stain. But I just thought it was funny how a lot of sometimes either you go to impact and it negatively affects your career or you go to Impact and you use them up a little bit to make some money. Then you go to where you were supposed to be. The real benefit from Impact lately has been Sammy Callahan. He seems to be on every relevant mm. program they have. Mm. Like is he their MVP of the past two years?
4: Um, I don't know because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like I, like I am other than whenever like other than the snippets that I see ba- just to to keep following the uh, the AEW storyline. That's the only Impact I've watched since the Matt Hardy stuff, I would say. Really? Yeah. So
5: you're even more unplugged with, I probably more know more about Impact than you. Probably. It's funny.
4: When people are you, tweeting all the Slammiversary stuff, I'm like, I have no idea oh, yeah. what you guys are talking about.
5: So I watch clips of that because it was Omega versus Sammy Callahan. Mm-hmm. And um, so Slammiversary is one of their big pay-per-views, right? Like yeah. it's one of their tentpoles. Like, and it's something people actually paid for on pay-per-view, right? It probably costs like 30, 40 bucks, whatever. Yeah did you see how many fans were in the attendance? And I know this is still post COVID and or if you're in LA, like I am, it's like COVID never stopped. Um, there was like 30 people there.
4: Yeah. And it's, it was uh, sad. Yeah. It's weird. It's like a soundstage that they, yeah. Uh, yeah.
5: It was sad, sad. Mm like I just would have no fans. It, it looks like it looked like the Apex. There's probably more fans in the Apex honestly than in that.
4: Their fan soundstage. list what I what I saw too about the fan list part shows though that that looked very low rent as well. So
5: So I mean, the Ring of Honors. They're, yeah. And
4: they're, and they're just a company that for the most part um they they were kind of the victim in a lot of, I mean they have so many self-inflicted wounds but they were I think really the victim of the uh, the 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 recent boom and people getting locked up and signed to big deals. Like they just yeah. were left without talent, and that's that, you know.
5: Isn't it crazy that they probably wish they could go back to the Impact
4: Center, <laughs> the Impact Zone? Yeah,
5: hated that like place.
4: Mike Mike Tenet and uh, the, uh, who was yeah. the Don West? Yeah, Don West—he's bad health these days too. I think he's got—is uh, he some like advanced cancer or something? Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I always everyone used to hate on Don West, but I don't know. He made, at least he like at least he made, made it seem like he liked his job. Yeah, he's Baron Taz. Uh, yeah, that's not a. Not a high standard. Uh Rick, um any any partying shots. We yeah, we're all over the place.
5: Paige Van Sant should stop trying to fight. <laughs> but that was about it. She lost against Rachel Osovich and bare knuckle. That was one of the bigger newses over the weekend. So Paige Van Sant is 0 and 2 with that multi million dollar contract everybody seemed to brag about. So yet again I'm sorry. I, if
4: you get you got a multi million dollar contract though, the way she got it, I, I'm uh, I'm not stopping anytime soon if, if I'm hurt. I guess. Yeah.
5: I just don't think how many – and she came off really bad when she lost. She just, like, stormed off and, you know. Unfortunately, it seems to be a growing trend when these fighters leave the UFC. They go for other promotions. They start OnlyFans. There, I didn't realize how many former MMA UFC fighters had OnlyFans because I there was a joke made about what should uh, Paige Vincent do next. Like someone posted something on a, and then I was reading the comments and then someone listed all the, the former fighters who have them and I'm like, wow. I mean, there's, if that's your deal, there's, there's nothing wrong with it, I guess. It's just, I wonder if there's any other sports besides UFC. I don't even think wrestling has that big of a prevalence to it. It just shows you that these people can make a lot of money off the fan base.
4: Also, shows that also f- speaks to uh, their level of pay in their day job as well. Relevant to well,
5: yeah. I yeah. mean, you that supplemental outcome is pretty important, especially when you run those bigger stars and you leave the UFC mm-hmm. and you've been fighting all your life. You don't really have money other, uh, you know, not everybody can be Joe Lozon and be a computer program. Also, beat up BJ Penn.
4: Yeah, uh, I don't know why you're talking about. I was thinking about BJ Penn this weekend for random reasons uh did he die no Oh, okay um i was thinking of he, he, someone was on this card that he fought or something uh, somebody had a bj or when he wore his shorts inside out i was thinking about that for some reason <laughs> um, yeah I, I was like oh like bj pin in prison i was thinking i was watching that isn't that like the last we heard i know there was all these allegations against him I, I don't know whatever maybe i should do my research before i just throw stuff out there right um all right rick any any last words uh no, I just
5: I'm looking forward to now watching that Belter fight and not attending it because we had brought it up. Thank you. I always love to uh hear about things happening in the MMA world that I was unaware of until you mentioned it. Yeah. Uh as far as things to watch, things to do, the one thing in the movie theater that's coming out, it's called The Green Knight. If you haven't seen the trailer to that, Robert, you really should watch it. The Green Knight it looks incredible it's coming out this Friday it was supposed to come out two years ago but you know how that works
4: that so
5: that's a movie I'm looking forward to
4: all right and have you seen Fear Street by the way no
5: on Netflix okay no. I want I want a recommendation if anyone's watched it I might dip into that
4: okay um, once again email the show Livecast at gmail.com M-M-A-L-I-V-E-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter, Rob M. Vajos, R-O-B-M-V-A-L-L-E-J-O-S. Go ahead and follow PW Torch on Twitter and on the internet. I talked about all that wrestling news that was coming down the past week. Well, give us some some better contacts over at PWTorch.com and be sure to go VIP to get that top shelf audio and the back issues. But that is going to do it for us this week. So for Rick, I've been Robert. We are done. We are out of here. Stay safe and we'll talk to you. Excuse me. (laughs) Stay safe, and we will talk to you next week. Goodbye. Keep that. That was really good.
2: Have you subscribed to the PW Torch Daily Cast yet? It's a free daily podcast with shows throughout the week dedicated to Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, NXT, and MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. That's Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, check out the Deep Dive with Rich Fan where he examines a single topic in depth. And then Sunday nights, it's Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks. You can listen live or download the show later at pwtorchdailycast.com. Just click on the live stream link. He takes your calls talking about wrestling's biggest events, either ones that just took place or previewing shows that are right around the corner. And on Sundays when WWE runs pay-per-views, he's live right after the pay-per-view at PWTorchDailyCast.com, reviewing the show and taking your calls. That's the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your wrestling podcasts or visit our homepage to download or stream the shows or find out more information, PWTorchDailyCast.com. One of the really cool parts of being a VIP member is getting to relive history through the pages of the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter back issues. We have Pro Wrestling Torch newsletters dating back to the late 1980s. We put a new back issue up from 20 years ago that week. And so when you go VIP, you instantly have access to over 1,500 back issues and a new PDF, along with an all-text version, if it's easier for you to read that on your phone, uh, goes up every weekend. And the latest issues include a cover story from the June 10th, 2000 issue on Goldberg's return to WCW and whether he's a solution to what was ailing WCW at the time. Also, my column titled, Vince Russo is from Outer Space. And Bruce Mitchell's column, still timely today, unfortunately, of Racist Gimmicks and Poverty Pimps was the title. That's issue number 606. The week before that, issue number 605 from June 3rd features a cover story that talks about how there could be a shakeup in the wrestling industry with WCW for sale and ECW Having an Uncertain Future, and also a Bruce Mitchell column spoofing Vince Russo titled How I Became World Champion. If we go back another week to the May 27, 2000 issue, it had detailed coverage of the Judgment Day 2000 pay-per-view, including my review and staff roundtable reviews of the Rock Triple H 60-minute Ironman match, and also the final installment of the Lance Storm Torch Talk with his thoughts on various ECW colleagues. The week before that, the May 20th, 2000 issue, issue number 603, features a cover story on Ric Flair's collapse in the ring during Nitro, part three of the Landstorm Torch Talk, with his explanation for why he decided to quit ECW, our coverage of ECW Hardcore Heaven, the pay-per-view, and more. And then the week before that, the May 13th issue, features a cover story on the changing TV landscape in pro wrestling, with the WBF moving from USA to TNN, and a potential shift of ECW, also, a cover sidebar story on the death of an ECW fan after a hotel party, and WCW slambery coverage. And the week before that, our coverage from the May 6th issue, number 601, of David Arquette winning the WCW title. My Endnotes editorial examining Vince Russell's controversial decision and flippant comments about title belts. Our coverage of WWE Backlash 2000. And more. I could keep going on, but that gives you an idea of what you're missing out on by not being a VIP member. Imagine settling in on the weekend and uh, kicking back and reading wrestling history, not through the lens of WWE filtering it to their benefit, not through people looking back on it through today's lens, but what was said at the time, the week it happened, by some of the voices that you are familiar with here on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and PW Torch Daily Casts. So go VIP and relive professional wrestling. Through the way the torch covered it in real time with contemporaneous coverage of pro wrestling's biggest events, biggest news stories, biggest personalities, I think you'll have a blast. It alone is worth the membership price for so many of our members. Check out details on everything else that comes with the VIP membership, including daily podcasts that are VIP exclusive and shows like this with the ads and plugs removed. Go to pwtorch.com/goVIP for full details. That's pwtorch.com/goVIP. Prices are as low as $8.25 a month on average if you subscribe for a year or check us out for a month for $9.99.